0: Banning the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films, and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Battaglia. Welcome to episode 37 of Down and Nerdy, where we really don't feel the need to tell you what we're going to be doing for the next five years.
1: No, we don't, because world's changing, and... You know, the apocalypse could come, and then you have the whole Hunger Games issue and the whole war, and, it, you know, Captain America's pissed at Iron Man, so the Civil War is happening. So we don't know what the hell is happening. You know, Sentinels are knocking on my door. It's a, it's, it, I don't know what the fuck's going on in this world it's right just, now. It's
0: a scary world out there. But what we do know is that I'm James Witham, and I'm alongside Nick Bataglia, a.k.a. the
1: Merc with One Arm.
0: Hey, I got right this week. Yeah, you did. Good, good job. Now, we, let's do a little backstory here, because usually, you know, we, we'll take, you know, little screw-ups out of the show every now and then, but we talked about it, and it was so funny. It was so hilarious, and not staged at all, by the way. No. So funny that we just decided, hey, let's just leave it in there as a nice little surprise, so I, 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 I'm, I still laugh every time I hear it.
1: Yeah, so like, I was getting some tweets from people, they were like I was like they're like, What is that supposed to happen? I'm like so I went on my Twitter and I said, you know, I go listen, for those of you who listened to episode thirty-six, the rant at the end of myself when I was getting my name wrong, or that I oh, that is real, that was meant to be in there. I go, James and I discussed about taking it out, but we decided it was just too damn funny and we decided to keep it in there.
0: I mean it's like it's like our blooper reel, except for this time we decided to leave it in. Now if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, you need to go back to the last episode. Where we talk about comic strips, and the very end of the show, you know, we do. If you're a regular listener, you know, we do a little wrap up. We tell you about our social media and things like that. That's when it kind of all went down. It just sort of happened, and we we won't tell you the specifics if you haven't heard it yet. But if you have, yeah. you know exactly what we're talking about.
1: It, it's like all, it's if all four. It's appears as if all four engines on the the Blackbird just went down, and you know, there's helicopters are falling out of the sky and everything else. That's that's pretty much the wrap up of our show last week.
0: And then you pull back on the yoke at the last minute and up you go back skyward again. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it did happen sometimes. And, and there's some stuff that, you know, we haven't kept into certain shows, but it, it wasn't nearly as funny. But, no. Yeah, trust me, this time it, it was definitely worth it.
1: No, but I mean, you know, <sighs> you know, recovered and. Yeah, I'm glad people enjoyed it. Like you told me that you said you're, this is when I knew we had to keep it in was when you had your wife listen to it mm-hmm. and she was immediately in tears from laughter. So I'm like, yeah, we got to keep it in.
0: Yeah, she thought it was really funny because I played it for, I was like, tell me what you think. Should we just leave this in? And she said, you've got to leave that in. So yeah, that was, that was that was pretty much the clincher for me.
1: So speaking of the wife, and I hear the baby in the background a little bit, he's kind of falling in and out of sleep, as you've told me. What was the Witham family adventures this week? I know you're on vacation, so.
0: Yeah, kind of taking a little vacation from the the day job, recharging the batteries a little bit, and getting caught up on some reading, which, you know, we'll talk about more when we get into what we were reading. But basically, this weekend was us trying to figure out, you know, his various, um, you know, trying to get, because it's always a transition when you're a parent, you never know. We're going to get one transition from the other. So this weekend was really kind of like one of those. Let's see if we can try to figure out why he gets fussy when he gets fussy and try to get him on some sort of a rhythm as far as sleep and stuff like that goes. Well, it turns out he wasn't sleeping right and he wasn't getting the naps he was supposed to get during the day. So it was kind of become incumbent on me to because I watch him during the day during the week kind of incumbent on me to try and get him to go to sleep when he needs to go to sleep. So, part of that was, you know, kind of forcing him to take naps. Kind of forcing him to go to sleep. So, we kind of did, since we were both home, kind of tried to do that and try and uh, figure out a way to do that. And sometimes it's more challenging than others, of course. So, you
1: didn't didn't chloroform the baby. I'm so glad to hear that. No, no chloroform.
0: No Benadryl. No no Martian Manhunter getting inside of his head for a couple of hours so he can can (laughs) relax. No, none of that. We just decided to... um, I mean it's really it's really about food too it's what's funny thing is that is that food can sometimes be the key, to so him, is that sleeping why sleeping or not sleeping
1: so is that why he went to the bigger bottles now? I saw the picture up on your Facebook that he went to the bigger bottles yeah, now.
0: he did because the the amount
1: that he needs isn't fitting in the smaller bottles anymore so so it, no, it's not that they're not fit in the bottles. it's the fact that you're just tired of of literally warming up 20 bottles in the span of our show when we record pretty much yeah so that that's
0: part of it too but it's funny because um you know you're you're you know you post pictures up on your facebook page and and you all and your family comments on them and it's it's always kind of funny because somebody said one of my family members said uh, uh, to comment on one of the pictures of him holding his bottle and said did you make that for him and I said, "Well, I did, but I said my milk is kind of in short supply." <laughs> so uh, yeah,
1: it's kind of like that scene of Family Guy when Peter tries to to you know he pulls out his boob and Suey tries to suck on it. And there's like nothing coming out. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, he, I think he kind
0: of gets that you know that's that's not where it comes from. And uh, yeah, and uh, I'm just I'm just bottle guy. That's that's all I do. That's that's my job.
1: Yeah, my I mean, me it's like you know. I started a second job, you know, because I'm one of those people that work a second job just uh, to, to support myself. Uh, I started it a couple of days ago, and uh, I'm working back in retail. And it's it's I, I'm telling you right now, in the store I'm working at, is literally out of all the retail stores I've worked at, it's literally the most chilled, laid back. I've ever been in, in working for, which
0: is exactly what you really want to look for in something like
1: that. Yeah, and it's great because like, I get to make my own schedule. So, like, literally, like, I get to go online and literally make my own schedule. Like, that,
0: that's sweet. I'm jealous about that.
1: So I won't have to miss free comic book day. I won't have to miss any other appearances we're gonna be doing in Yay. the future. So I will be there. Uh, but no, it's great. It's like you know, you go as you please. And you just, it's 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 and even the customers, dude. It's just you know, you can have like. You know, trouble with a register or something like that. And they're just calm. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, I don't know if it's because we got the Christmas music going or whatever, but people are just a lot more calm than in other places I've worked at. So, I mean, it's, it's really cool. And so, literally, I've gotten already a reputation of being one of the funniest people that work at the store.
0: That wasn't going to take long.
1: No. And it started off by, literally, I was telling people, like some of my coworkers, a story about how, just random, like how Santa, it was more of a hypothesis, like a what if. So it's like well, you know, what if Santa, like he, like the funds just weren't at, there for the North Pole anymore, and he had to find a way to supplement his income, and by doing it, he started stripping, and <laughs> but but and he had so he, he had to go back to college to get his degree, so he had to start stripping again, and I said again because you know that's probably how he got his thing in the first place.
0: Well, you know, it's all those North Pole dancing classes too.
1: Well, you know, he's he's hitting the, you know, and uh, so you know. I'm gonna get to that in a second. So I was talking about it's like yeah, I go there was, you know, you know he he wanted to get back to the game and he wanted to get back to that stripper game and so he needed to see how, if he could drop it low, and you know still so he had a twerk off with a bunch of elves and he won the twerk off, and because he he found that he had that rhythm back and I go and I go so what he did was he found the nearest local strip club he poured some peppermint powder on like it was as if it was glitter and he just went at it. And I go, and, and then they go, well, how's he paying his way through school? You know, with the stripping. You know, they pay him with dollar bills. You go, no, it's it's with what happens is it's with the cookies. Like people start throwing cookies on stage. That's how he pays for for school, for for Santa school and just how to get his, his degree. And uh, and I go, uh, uh, so that's how he does it. And I said, uh, even when he, you know, when that's why and that's the reason why people today leave out cookies for Santa when he he does his whole presents thing during Christmas. Nice. Yeah. So it's like the Santa fun. And so I started off with telling my two of my coworkers that the next thing I know I have managers come up to me telling me that's probably one of the most funniest things that they've ever heard in their lives. So it's spread. Like, have you heard the story that they say about how Santa was a stripper? And they're like, no, and they just told it. And they literally said that's one of the most funny. Like one of the majors said it's one of the funniest damn things I've ever heard in my life. What's funny is is once stories like that start get told and retold and
0: retold, you gotta wonder how the versions change as it's told. You know, it's the chain, right? And it's so,
1: called and the story is called Santa and the Candy Cane Pole Adventures. Nice. So you know, it's an ongoing series, so uh, yeah, I'm actually proud of myself, but if, it was like all the top of my head, like somebody was just like, we were just talking, and I just started doing it, and it was just, it was great, like I had a fun time, you know, and it's, it's really great, so yeah, like once those stories get start getting spread, you know, I told a couple people about the podcast, they're going to check us out and everything else, and also what I did was, there was a friend of ours, a friend Kyle, who, he did a, a video game, uh video james he actually sent it to us
0: yeah the backroom gaming couch if you get a chance after you uh after you listen to our show go check those guys out because the the gaming dog review stuff is pretty funny yeah it's real there was a there was one for call of duty that uh, that i saw recently and yeah it's definitely funny stuff and i and i know and i know that that's his dog too so it's, it's pretty
1: hilarious Oh, yeah, that's what's it's fantastic. I saw the dog. I'm like, oh, my God, I, told, I I saw him today, and I talked to him. I said, you know, I go, I like the video, and I go, I go, the production value is holy shit. Oh, like, yeah, it's off like, the charts. Like the, I go, the opening, I go, I go, Kyle, I go, the opening was fantastic. And he's like, yeah, it just took me so long to do it. I go, I can tell. You know, I go, just keep on doing it, and I go, whatever. and Hey, so go check out, you know, Backroom Gaming Couch, and just check that out. It's on
0: YouTube, by the way, in case you're wondering where it is.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you know, just go. It's on YouTube. I believe it's on Reddit as well. So go check it out. I think so yeah, um, yeah. It, it's it's really great. So I mean, you know, good job to him. And so I mean, that's pretty much my week. Like it's just it's at work and just storytelling. And um, you know, uh, you know, I, I want to go see Bob over at Fantasy Escape. Actually, that's another thing. I I, I you were talking about how the reading you caught up on? It. Well, I want to go see Bob over at Fantasy Escape, comics and cards, and. Uh, I told him, I said, I'm here to pick up my, my poll. So, you know, I had, now my poll, it's like eight, you know, when, when, over two weeks. It's like probably about eight comics in mm-hmm. general. And he just told me some things, you know, we got some things that are coming up, we just started talking about, you know, and uh, things we're not going to announce yet. Uh, but we are going to announce that we are going to be at, his place of business for uh, Free Comic Book Day in May, I believe it is.
0: That's right. It's, uh, in case you don't know where it is, it's Aragona Boulevard in Virginia Beach, if you're in the Virginia Beach area. Or if you plan on coming out of, t- out of town, I think it's the first weekend in May that's uh, Free Comic Book Day. And, of course, you can also get more information at uh, FantasyEscape.com. You can also go to his Facebook page. Just search Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards on Facebook and find him there as well.
1: Exactly. And that's the thing. And so we were just talking, and he talked about how he's going to have this local artist um, who, who who he publishes his own comic books, draws mm-hmm. them all, right? He's pretty much a one man show. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be there as well, and we we might, I want to see if we can get on the show too. It'd be great because because uh, oh, thing is the comic he showed me and he showed I know he showed you too, James. It's it's pretty much you know it's you know it's a, a black superhero, but it's set in Hampton Roads. Like it's a local comic.
0: Yeah, for this, and, so if you're a listener from the Seven Five Seven, you will definitely dig this book.
1: Yeah. Um, so go check it out. Bob has, has issues. Um, <laughs> Bob has issues. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, Bob so that has, was just for you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Bob has issues of the comic that are on sale now, right on, on the table, right by the magic cards, right at front center. So go check out Bob, go check out his store. And so yeah, that's pretty much what I did. Like just want to pick up my pole. It was like, Oh, I have money now. I can go <laughs> pick up my pole and not be like James and have a, have a UPS truck bring out shipments and boxes of of stuff. Yeah. I I wish I had that kind
0: of money, (laughs) but yeah, that's what we were doing this weekend. And of course, Hey, we're talking about our polls. So that must mean coming up next. We're going to talk about what we're reading on down
1: and nerdy. Well, boys and girls, as James mentioned in the previous segment, it's time to bring up those long boxes, those bags, those boards because it's time to discuss what we're reading. in James, this week, I'm going to kick it off to you. What's the, What are you reading this week? And we're kind of doing this thing now where
0: we're not telling each other what we're reading, and I think it's, it's really beneficial because what I decided to read this week is, and I decided to go a couple weeks back, like I said, I've been catching up on my reading, and one of the things I decided to catch up on was one of the Death of Wolverine tie-ins, Deadpool and Captain America. Ah! Now, you being the Deadpool expert, I kind of decided to kind of dipped my toe into the Deadpool realm for the first time. So it was written by Jerry Dugan. Art was by Scott, Scott Collins and Veronica Gandini did the colors. Letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And the actual cover was done by Ed McGinnis and Maury Halliwell, which is actually pretty cool. It's Deadpool carrying old Steve Rogers on his shoulder. So I thought that that was pretty funny. But um, no, it was very interesting because at first you kind of think it's them investigating the death of
1: of wolverine of course spoiler alert wolverine's dead now so well the thing is though they really couldn't investigate the death of wolverine because it's like the way that death of wolverine ended there really was no investigation to be had.
0: right but when they when they initially announced the book that seemed to be what everybody suspected and they kind of hinted that that's what it was going to be but it's really not that at all right Uh, so without getting into the entire book it kind of starts out with uh with uh, Rogers and Deadpool are cleaning out Logan's room in the Avengers mansion. They're kind of reminiscing and, you know, kind of talking about the relationships that they had with Wolverine, you know, Steve Rogers said he was an adversary, but he was a friend kind of thing.
1: Now does Deadpool find a big metal dildo? Or no. anything, any, any, no handcuffs, no gimp, no gimp suit for Wolverine. No, but he does have to plunge Wolverine's toilet. So
0: that was pretty funny. Uh. Um, yeah. And he said that he never knew it was, it could be that bad.
1: Yeah. Those, those, it was, those it was, it was animanium stools, man. I'll tell uh, you what,
0: it's, it's rough, but, um, and Deadpool kind of said, you know, Logan was a drinking buddy, but he was a friend. He felt like he was somebody he, he could confide in. So it was like a rare, serious moment for Deadpool. But one of the things that they were doing is to, they're trying to keep somebody from being able to recreate Wolverine. You know, one of the forces of evil out there might find some of his DNA and try to clone him. So they, right. fa- they hear about this knife that uh, he was stabbed with not too long ago. And of course that would have his DNA on it. So they have black widow track it down. And it turns out that it was picked up by aim.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So they have, they find the location of the knife and of course Deadpool and, Captain America, Steve Rogers, jump on the, jump on the Quinjet and head over there. And one of the funny parts about the book was, uh, Deadpool asked Captain America, Steve Rogers, if he wanted him to fly. And he said, come on, napped in America because he's so old and he thought he might need a nap. As I'm reading this and now I don't read Deadpool regularly, but it seemed like some of the humor was kind of forced. So now correct me if I'm wrong. Dugan is not the regular writer in Deadpool, is he? Or is he not? No, he
1: is. He actually is a regular writer for Deadpool. Um, you know, I, I I started Deadpool the run mid running like around the the Deadpool way, which was about issue twenty seven, um, and since then he's had uh, he's written the regular Deadpool run. Brian Posehn has also had a hand in it as well, kind of as an assist kind of a thing. Um, and so, hearing this, you know, with the whole force, thing, if it sounds forced, it's kind of shocking because the way that Deadpool is being written, you know, in the regular comics is. You know, if you is different because with Dugan. Because if you look at, you know, Deadpool is one of those guys where he has multiple inclinations of different comics. Like, for example, let's go back to Deadpool versus Carnage. Okay, the way that Deadpool's is written, Deadpool versus Carnage compared to the regular run is totally different. It's more the joking Deadpool kind of guy. Like, if you played the Deadpool video game, that's how he's written in Deadpool versus Carnage and some other iterations. Mm-hmm. But as far as a regular Deadpool run goes, he's written a little bit more serious. The jokes, they're flying, but they're not flying so much. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're not heavy-handed, heavy-fisted. Um, I think that the fact of the matter is it's also with what Dugan is dealing with is he's dealing with an older Steve Rogers. So, of course, you got to make a joke about his age. And I'm not going to lie, the whole Captain nap Nap America, wherever the hell his name was, that joke that Deadpool said, it kind of made me facepalm a little bit.
0: I mean, and I say it feels forced because, I mean, there was another instance where he was going through uh, some of the stuff that he was carrying and there was a troll doll and he's like, oh, I can't remember if this one explodes or not or something like that. It just didn't seem like what, I, what I've seen from Deadpool as far as his humor goes. Now, they do mention the fact that, you know, he's a father now and he does have a daughter and he did mention that. Uh, to Steve Rogers during the issue, so I know that that it's been a little bit more serious at times, but just some of the humor in it, it seemed forced. the The art seemed fine; the art was good. I wouldn't put it under under the great category, but it was definitely good. But it, once you get back to the once you get back to the story, basically they find the AIM base where the where the dagger is, where the knife is, and they you know they don't really have a whole lot of trouble getting it, and they evac themselves out of there. Now the interesting part was at the end. Right. Where Rogers kind of gives the knife to Deadpool and says, You take care of it. I trust you, kind of thing. Right. Which I thought was interesting in itself. So Deadpool ends up at this lab, and then they do this kind of flashback where he's at this lab with the scientist, and he says that he has a machine that will recreate limbs, and basically at some point, and Deadpool says it's like a daiquiri machine, which was kind of. Kind of, kind of, see, that was more of the Deadpool that, that I yeah. remember. So yeah. he said it can grow body parts, but at some point he hopes that it'll be able to grow an entire human being. So you cut to now, it's Deadpool sitting in front of this machine. You see him scraping something off this knife into a Petri dish. And yeah. he's kind of saying, do I do this because I want I want this? Or because is this something Logan would want? And is this something that, if I do it, it'll bring havoc onto the world. So he's actually considering, actually bringing back Wolverine. So Wolverine just died, and we're already looking at maybe possibly him coming back because Deadpool is going to regenerate him in a way.
1: So here's the thing: you, meant, I like that you mentioned that uh, you know they're always wondering like, what well, is this Wolverine want? Because in the Nightcrawler series that I'm currently reading, the issue before last. Uh, was, you know, Nightcrawler kind of going to the danger room and kind of his whole little party thing and, the, and the, you know, kind of an illusion, if you will. And he's like, this is not what Wolverine would want or is not what Logan would want. So it's kind of everybody's that, that's new Wolverine is dealing with this. Um, I think that it's kind of strange, too, because, for example, and it kind of doesn't make much sense... I mean, I don't know that certain comic runs aren't connected really in any way, shape, or form for the most part. But there's a Deadpool comic that I'm reading currently called Deadpool Art of War, where the sole purpose of him starting this huge war and teaming up with Loki is so he can sell a book, which is the art of war, Mm -hmm. and make money off of it. So him saying, I could cause, you know, havoc if I do this, you know, compared to I can cause havoc if I do this with this book, you know, it's two different things. But I think the reason why, and I'm kind, maybe I'll contradict myself here, but maybe the reason why is because there's money involved in the art of war, whereas with this one, there's not much involved. It's just other than having his friend back, in a sense.
0: Yeah, I think it was more about that uh, than anything else. But, I mean, if you're if you're a Deadpool purist... I would say stay away from this book. It was it was interesting. It was probably more interesting than than a lot of the stuff I've read from Marvel recently. So yeah. it was intriguing because I now I kind of want to know what ends up happening. But the thing that was weird for me was too was having old Steve Rogers still be a badass. Right. I mean, he was still. I mean, he's he was a guy that's rapidly aging. He's and, you know, it looks like he's dying, and now he's still. You know, he's still like kicking ass and hitting so people with canes and all this other stuff. So. He,
1: He's pretty much gr- Clint Eastwood with Gran Torino, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much.
0: So, and and I'm not saying that he should be frail immediately and just die or anything. That's not what I'm saying. It's just for for somebody who's supposedly deteriorating, it didn't lo- it didn't look that way, right? In the book. So I thought that you know it's like okay, are you getting rid of him or are you not getting rid of him, kind of thing. So and I realized that this isn't necessarily going to be an ongoing thing, but it was still one of those things that made you scratch your head. So I would say if you're intrigued by this, like I was, pick it up. It might be one of those things where you're only getting an issue of it. But it was intriguing enough for me to want to go on to issue two. But I will say that as far as my three-issue rule goes, that issue two would definitely be on thin ice because I would not wait for a third if I'm not intrigued by the second.
1: Okay, I'm going to stop you there because you just... Oh, God. I don't know if you did this on purpose, or you just said you just talked about ice when talking about Captain America comic. Was that planned or was, was that not, not planned? That was not planned at all. Not one bit. Okay. Okay. I'm just checking to make sure. Because if it was, I'm going to go with my screen and strangle you.
0: No, that that was not not at all. This time it wasn't on purpose.
1: Okay. All right. But now, now I feel like I just gave you ammunition, though. I really do. Yep. Now you did. Shouldn't it's- have done that. No, nope. uh so my comic this week, I'm glad you asked me, James. Um, <laughs> by the way, you did get that comic at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards, right? I get all my comics at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards. There you go. FantasyEscape.com
0: if you want more info on that, by the way.
1: Um, so my comic this week, James, I'm actually going to do two because it's it's I, it's I a four-part series, and when I picked up my poll, I went to Fantasy Escape, and I was like, okay, I wanted to get, you know, I looked at my poll, and I'm like, Okay, there's a lot of, like, mid-issues, and there's stuff I've kind of already talked about. So I go, I go to Bob, and I go, let me look at some of your independents. He goes, all right. So I look at some of the independents, look at some of the Dark Horse stuff. And what do I see? I'm going to show you this, because I got the camera working today. Aliens, Fire, and Stone by Dark Horse I picked up.
0: Ah, really interesting. We actually posted that a couple weeks ago on, uh, for a new comic book day, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I believe so, and uh, so it, it's a four-part series, as I guess, by Dark Horse, and it's written by Chris Robertson, and art's by Patrick Reynolds, and the color's by Dave Stewart. Now, before I get into the story, I'm going to go about the art. Now, the art, it could have been better. If you're looking for better art, there, Baba has two different Alien comics. He has the Fire and Stone series, and he has the Alien vs. Predator series. And the Alien vs. Predator series, the art is a lot more cleaner, it's a lot more... Define, I'll say. Okay. Whereas with Fire and Stone, it's a lot more kind of looks like watercolor, kind of. It it looked kind of like a smeared kind of watercolor. And I'll open up the the comics. I can show you, James. Just an example. Um, you know of what it looks like. So you know, you have, it has like this kind of like looks like a, a, a matte kind of watercolored smeared look. Okay, to yeah, it. I see what you're saying. Um, it's kind of like you took the art from Magneto, and kind of uh, you know. Gave it a little bit less detail to it. It didn't make it as kind of sharp and matte looking. Um, Sometimes less detail isn't a bad thing, though. No. Do you think that this is one of those instances where it was a bad thing? I think the fact of the matter is when you look at like the, xeno- the xenomorphs, for example, because they are in this. That's what's centered around. Uh, I think it's sh- the art should have been like Alien versus Predator. I think it should have been more of a finer art. Uh, Because the Xenomorphs, they honestly, when you look at their bodies, there's not there's some detail, but there's not a whole lot of detail. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we you you know, the thing is because they're black bodied, so it's tough. So when you look at something like uh, the cover art, the cover art seems a little bit more detailed, you know. And that's 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 what bugs me.
0: That's what bugs me. Especially this happens a lot with independence, where the cover looked, it was Tomb Raider all over again. Yeah. The cover art was way better than what was inside. Now one of the examples I was thinking of when I was talking about, you know, the you know, not as much detail not being a bad thing, it made me immediately think of outcasts from Kirkman. And that was one of those instances where there doesn't really need to be a whole lot of detail and they actually did a good job of not now, overdoing it. But with this, it seems to me like you'd want to have that detail.
1: Yeah. And the thing is you look at I was right now the one thing I like about this is that the back of every issue, right if you don't read the story, there's it says next issue and it has the cover on it, so you can see what the cover looks like. So I'm going to show you. Remember I talked about the Xenomorphs, James? Mm-hmm. This is the cover for the third issue. It's a Xenomorph holding a human skull. Can oh, you see wow. it properly? I can. And it's very detailed. It's very like movie poster esque. But you know, the sad thing is, you know, you're not going to get that art when you get to pick up issue three. And there's a the the so I'm going to go into the plot now. It's not about the art. And the plot it, it's tied to Prometheus. If you've seen the movie Prometheus, it's kind of a filler. But the thing is, the, the way that it's being paced, because mm-hmm. it it's four issues, it doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel like it's, it's slow at any point. It doesn't feel like it's overthrowing so much at you, and you okay. can't grasp what's going on. So it takes place about 80, 90 to 90 years after Prometheus happened. After, you know, uh, Dr. Shaw and David leave LV-223. And if you've seen Prometheus, at the end you get the look at the first Xenomorph. So, it starts Now, it starts off fast-paced, hitting the ground running, with a xenomorph invasion of a human mining colony on a moon called LV-426. So, you know, the thing is, everybody's being, people are being killed, and people are running. That's how it starts off. Is people are running down this corridor, and you just think, like, what's going on? And it's a whole xenomorph invasion. And so they get on this, like this drilling machine, and they fly off the planet. And just when you think they're safe... Boom! Something and they get to this new moon and planet. Something happens. Like just when you think, okay, we're on this land, nothing can get us. Something happens, Mm -hmm. and I can tell you what it is because it's one of those 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 things you got you got to know. It's kind of a shocking thing, so I'm gonna try not to spoil anything here. So Derek Russell is the leader. He's the main guy in this you know comic in the series. He's the leader of this group of miners, pretty much, and they crash land another and well another planet. But he notices there's as he's walking around there's this old Wayland Tech orb that's floating around, huh. and he captures it, and he he works his magic, and it unloads a hologram recording of something that Derek finds an interest in. I'm not gonna say what it is, because uh, I think that be that's a big like it was, to me that was a big wow moment pretty okay. much, and it leads up to a much bigger moment towards the end of issue one. And uh, uh, so you're looking at what he's doing, and it's all these things of, okay, he finds out what this thing is. He's like, I want to find out what this is, and he finds out that this planet has been terraforming, so at such, such a rapid pace that it's unbelievable. Just the signs and things that they can unlock there. So the thing is, is we get to issue two, you know, the people. Are, you know the, the the xenomorphs, you know, and everything else. They're tearing people apart, or you know, people are going crazy. They don't know what's going happening. They don't know where they are. You know, it's just like people are like, we should do this, we should do that. You know, so it's is kind of like this. You know, you, you know, a typical horror sci-fi thing. You have a small group of people. They want to do one thing. One person wants to do another thing. Ends up them fighting. And everything else is good. There's a lot of infighting going on. So it's basically the midway point of any sci-fi type horror. Pretty movie. much. Okay. And but but Derek, he's like, I will let these people tear themselves apart because they don't know what the hell is going on. Pretty much, he's like, they don't, they refuse to see his greatness. That's of where they are, and uh, and what's great about this, I said, the pacing is great, the writing, it doesn't feel like filler, and this, I'm not gonna lie, it could be a setup for Prometheus too. I'm not going to lie. The way I of this think that is I've going. seen
0: something very similar to that. Uh, another review I read of that very comic that said that they felt that way as well. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that because we know Prometheus two is in the works and what better way to set it up than with the comic.
1: Yep. Uh, this is a dangerous great. Again, it's a four issue comic. So when you think like, Oh my God, everything's all safe. Something happens, you know, it's, you know, it's not It doesn't give you that help that go lucky feel. Uh, amazing cover art. You know, again the art on the inside could be a lot better. Uh, but the inside of the bag shows what the next cover looks like And I showed you, James, and it looks amazing. Oh yeah. Uh for me, like I said, if you want this is a pull. This is definitely a definite pull for me. If you can get past the art, because the thing is, is like I said, and I mentioned this on other podcast. If you to me the art isn't everything, but it's a lot. But if the art to me is bearable, and the writing is really good. As it isn't here, mm-hmm. it's got my attention. You know, it, that's my thing. Like you know, when I was walking through Bob's comic shop, and it's kind of like that scene with Leonardo DiCaprio and Django Unchained, where he's like, "You have my curiosity. You see the comic cover. And you're like, you've had my curiosity. Mm-hmm. Then you read the inside. It's like, but now you have my attention." Yep. So this is a definite pull for me. So. I think that we both feel the same way, too. We, we
0: we focus more on on whether or not the writing is good than whether or not the art is good. And, yeah. and it's Again, not because we don't appreciate the art, but no. sometimes, when, but there was like, the, I think of that uh, anniversary issue of Amazing Spider-Man that that, uh, that we talked about on a previous show where the art was just so out of this world fantastic, but the writing so Sucked. Yeah. So it was like you you were wondering why you even bothered. So I to me it seems like I mean I, I'm still waiting for that perfect storm of great writing and great art.
1: And apparently from what Bob told me, we're gonna be we should be getting it. It was our pick of the week this week, James. Wonder Woman number thirty six. Uh, so you know, go pick that up, that copy. But again, I, this is you know this is a definite pull for me. Again, if you're looking for better art, um, pick up Alien versus Predator or just you know. Check it out, see if it's worth your time. I haven't read it, but I looked at the art because it was funny because I was like, okay, here's a series. I looked at like, why is this art totally different than what I'm looking yeah, at Yeah, you at were right now? you were mulling between the two, I'm sure. And I, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh, because it's an Alien vs. Predator book. And I'm like, but I'm going to go with this one. And I, I got to say, dude, I'm very, very proud of my pickup. You know, so I'm very, very excited. But that's going to do it for uh, this week's uh, edition of what we're reading. But coming up next, it's this week at Geek Tame. And, uh... Let's just say we're going to be taking off and face out against the Red Baron. Stay tuned. More of here and Erie coming up next. Well, boys and girls, it's time to get that popcorn ready. Dump those Butterfinger
0: BBs into a bowl because it's time to discuss this week in Geek Tame It. And last week, we talked about comic strips. So this is a comic strip being brought to life.
1: Exactly. So now, guys, comic strip being brought to life, we're talking about Peanuts, of course, We reviewed it. I reviewed it last week for what we're reading, you know, PS 2000. And it's going to be released November of 2015. It's actually going to be made by 20th Century Fox and Blue Sky Studios. Now, it's going to be directed by Steve Martino. You wonder who he is. Well, he did Ice Age Continental Drift. He did Horton Here's a Who. The screenplay, though, this is where, like I said, the screenplay is by Craig Schultz and Brian Schultz. Who are they? They're Charles Schultz's son. Yeah, you might recognize those names. Kind of makes sense. And. You know, for people wondering, like, why did it take so long to get this Peanuts thing in, in video in, in motion? Well, they kind of wanted to, you know, my guess is just somebody who could get the feel of it. And, of course, you got to get a blessing from the family to do it. Right. And and it, it's kind of shoddy that it, takes, it has taken this long to get it on the big screen because it was read by 355 million people in 75 countries. So you kind of wonder why it took so long. Well, we got to find out the first trailer for it. And I'm going to start off, James, now people are going to call, call me a purist or whatever, but I think that when you're dealing with Peanuts, I wish it was a 2D film. I wish it wasn't a 3D I know, animated but film.
0: You know money being what it is. You, you got to get, th- you gotta have that 3D in there now. I mean, now you still have the option. You can see it in 2D
1: right but i'm just saying like from like the art in general i I just wish that it was a 2d
0: oh so you'd wish it wasn't so toy story-esque
1: yeah i wish it was i wish because the thing was people say well we don't do it anymore Well, go back to two was it 2011 they had the Winnie the Pooh movie it was 2d like yep
0: they they kept it they kept it real on that that's for sure
1: so i mean this is just i'm just like uh, i'm still gonna see it it i'm so glad to see this coming out in my in our lifetime i just wish that It was different. You know what I'm saying? I I kind of understand,
0: but I think you're also, and I feel the same way. It's not a deal breaker.
1: No, it's not.
0: You know, I understand why you feel that way, but because they actually got. Because if you
1: you listen to it, it sounds like they might have gotten the actual voices of the characters from like the specials and stuff. Because they look, if if they didn't, then they look. They're pretty damn close. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of those things where you always worry
0: about that. And I did when I heard that this movie was actually being made, because I mean, think about stuff like. Like Looney Tunes and stuff like that, where you get new incarnations, and you know it's not the same voice. And hey, the guy died. You can't really, you know, not really all
1: yeah. that you could do about that. But or or kind of like uh, you know Peabody and Sherman, and they go re- as yeah, as recent. yeah.
0: And I understand why you did what you did there, but still, it, it, when you grow up with something like that, and you're our age you want the same thing that you had before as far as the voices are the most important because you can always make it look the same but to have it sound the same is just as important to me so i think that you're right from what we've gotten from this trailer so far all the original voices or at least darn close to it are there
1: yeah so you wonder like okay why did you tease the red baron well this is centered around snoopy as was the, as the first teaser trailer it was released months ago it was about Charlie Brown kind of thing, centered around him a little bit. You know, it was like 20 seconds or whatever. But this, you know, long trailer, full trailer, sounds around Snoopy, and uh, it's... Woodstock was there, too. Woodstock was there, too, with his buddies, and it's kind of around Christmas time, and they decorate, and it kind of like brought you back to that Charlie Brown Christmas special, Mm -hmm. when Snoopy just, you know, decorates his house and those lights and everything. Woodstock designed Snoopy's house the same exact way. Which is I found was great. Oh yeah! And Snoopy puts on his goggles and his helmet, and he go and he goes off flying with the, on the top of his doghouse and does a battle with the Red Baron throughout the world. They're flying throughout the world and doing this long air battle, pretty much. And it was great. It was. Fantastic!
0: Yeah, when they go by the Eiffel Tower there and they have that moment where you've got to pull up real hard kind of thing and go, and go, go after the Red Baron, I thought that was a really cool sight to see. And I think that's where the scenery thing is really going to come into play more than it would be in the 2D, is for something like that when they're going throughout the world with the Red Baron. I think that's going to kick it up a little bit higher.
1: Right. And I think that when you look at it, like, I mean, like I said, for much as I wish it was 2D, I will say this. this Isn't really your typical Toy Story animated style? It looks kind of like they're trying to go for a happy medium, like a mix between a 2D and a 3D drawing look, because it looks a little bit flat and a little bit, which is fine. And, again, I, I liked it. It brought a lot of great memories back. I think that when, you know, like I said, I wish the movie was drawn in 2D? Yeah, but... You know what? Though we'll see. This is like I said. We'll see how this goes. And the fact is, the fact is, like I said, as we mentioned in what we're reading, it comes down to the writing. You know, mm-hmm. animated films directors. I don't know. I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't think that directors really matter much when it comes to, it comes down to the writing. You know, and you know, I'm not gonna lie. I I think that the Shaws brothers. I think they're gonna have more of a, of a say. In how this movie is directed, how it's created, you know, because this is their dad's yeah. livelihood that they're doing, they're dealing with.
0: Well, I mean, when you talk about something like this, I think that more important than anything else is staying true to the characters when you write them. I think that that's going to be more important for this movie than it would be for other animated movies because you're talking about Peanuts, and that's what—that's my beef with the current Garfield stuff that's going on. Oh, I really God. don't think that they've stayed true. To the to any of the characters no. not just Garfield I mean John Odie they haven't done any of that so it's not anytime that, I see it for like five that,
1: minutes it's frustrating for me How many that but set Garfield in a real world like you don't do that that's why no. why you think why you think that sucked? Why do you think Marmaduke sucked? Because you're not you're taking these comic characters that are really and Elvin and the chipmunks you're taking these comic characters these animated characters you're putting them in real world situations in real, in real world, as if they're in the real world, and it's not going to make sense. And to a at lesser all. extent, they're
0: do- and to a lesser extent, they're doing it with Scooby Doo as well. Yeah, I mean, well, Scooby Doo th- to me is not nearly the same. I mean, well, Scooby was different
1: though. Scooby is different in a sense. It's well, not the, the stuff that they're Barma-Duke.
0: yeah, but the stuff that they're doing now with the Scooby Doo animated movies that they're doing, I just I can't get behind it because it's just not not the it's not right to me. It's just weird the way they're doing it. But I think, like you said, getting the Schultz brothers. Involved was probably the best thing that they could have done. First of all, if they didn't get any of the Schultz fam- family members involved... It would have happened. It would have been, have been got, a huge backlash. You have huge gotten, backlash.
1: You would have gotten the backlash that Lifetime is getting with the Aaliyah movie because their family, the family didn't back it up, uh, the project. But I mean, that's the thing. is Whenever you get the family on board, and again, you know, not to go on a tangent, but this is why I think the Freddie Mercury movie is not going to be that great because... The reason Sacha Baron Cohen left was because he wanted to do the more darker thing, which I would have loved to see. Mm. But, you know, of course, you had to get the Mercury estate involved and the Queen. And they were like, no, we want to make it like a G or PG movie. I'm like, Freddie Mercury did not live a G or PG life. No, he did not. (laughs) So, I mean, but enough of that rant. But again, the Peanuts movie, I'm so excited about it. I can't wait to see it. I think it was holiday of 2015. This
0: is going to be November. November
1: November of 2015 is going to be released. So,
0: I mean, I'm looking forward to it, too. And I think that one of the things you mentioned, the uh, you mentioned the rendering, I think you kind of see there is a little bit of that flatter rendering when you see Charlie Brown kind of going through like the movie aisle yeah. right there at the end of the trailer. And then they show them all, you know, all the Peanuts characters sitting down to get ready to watch the movie. I think you kind of see that flatter uh, rendering, so maybe we're gonna get kind of a mixed bag. I don't know if that would be weird or not, but I, I maybe we get a mixed that, bag.
1: I think the way they would do it is uh, to get people like us on board. I mean, we're on board with, it, but they get people on us to like it even more. Is I think they're gonna you watch the lighting when you go see this. Like like watch the lighting when they're in like darker rooms or mid mid you know light mid lit rooms and see how they do with that because that kind of that that two D hand drawn mm-hmm. look.
0: All I know is if the teacher doesn't talk, wah, 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 wah I'm going to be
1: very upset. You know that she will. You, you, you know the teacher's going to talk, wah. I mean, why I said she. You don't even know who the teacher is, really. It's, it's all, Actually, it's all, well, it's all adults in the, in, in, the, uh, in the Peanuts universe that talk like that.
0: Yeah, you kind, of, you kind of assume that it's a woman, though, the teacher, don't you? you kind of, I think we've yeah. kind of assumed over the years that it is. Yeah. I think that's a safe assumption. But you
1: know what you assume, James? You're making an ass out of you and me. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Oh, see. So your turn now. You've been hanging around me very much too long. Well, I mean we do work together. That we, is true. we talk on the phone with each other. There's we're that. kind of like
0: nice to know. Yeah. Nice to know I'm kind of rubbing off on you a little bit there.
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit way too much. Actually, you know I have a girl out of a goatee and my hair will start falling out. I don't uh, know. That's that's a problem. That's gonna do it for this week in Geek Tame it. Coming up next, we're gonna unlock a mystery. Who is the world's most profitable superhero? Nerd News coming up next on down and nerdy. Stay tuned. Well it's that time, boys and girls, nerds and that's alike to where we go around the interweb and discuss what is trending on the internet? Because it's time for what, James? Nerd, Nerd News! And our first story, as I mentioned in the teaser, we wonder, who is the world's most profitable superhero? Now, James, I'm going to make you take a stab at it. Now, you know who it is, but I'm going to make you take a stab at it. You know, it's kind of funny.
0: I, I would have known who it was before I even saw this because it's the web slinger. It's got to yeah. be Spider-Man.
1: yeah. Uh, According to Hollywood Reporter, last year Marvel sold, uh, get this James, $1.3 billion worth of Spider-Man products, which is also four times the $325 million they made from Avengers. That's a lot, man. Now, you wonder, what about the other guys? What about DC? Well, their competition over at DC, though, they've struggled to keep up. Now, the most popular property, of course, is Batman. And he brought in a respectable $494 million, while Superman, who of course is our second favorite, brought in about $277 million. Now, in '09, the shipments for Marvel products was about $1,000. Now, in 2014, James, it surpassed 5000 That's a lot.
0: Now, I think I kind of understand why, uh, to an extent, that not only Spider-Man's the, the largest of the group, but why DC struggles with this, because I think DC, they don't really have that constant stream of merchandisable products, especially, and I I want to to speak on action figures specifically, if you think about it, DC has been pretty much non-existent in the child action figure game for a long time, unless they have a movie out or something, they don't market their action figures or any kind of toys at all, the, the most that they really have is Lego products as far as for kids. Now, if you talk about Spider-Man with all the animated series that Spider-Man's had, there's always been a constant presence for Spider-Man somewhere. I've, I feel like, so I think that that's one of the reasons that worldwide Spider-Man just kicks
1: everybody else's ass. Well, I mean, much of DC's toys. The only time DC really has toys marketing to children is, of course, <laughs> is if they put Flash on a motorcycle. That's pretty much the closest thing they have. Yeah, I
0: don't understand what that was about. And, that was, and think about how long it's been since that Justice League cartoon was even out. That toy's got to be about, what, six years old?
1: Yeah, and Ish. I mean... And think about it, like, DC, as far as you know, you mentioned Spider-Man. Yeah, they have, the, you know, this nine, the 90s Spider-Man show, the ultimate Spider-Man show. MTV, for Christ's sake, had a Spider-Man show years ago.
0: Not to mention all the... Vi- even when Spider-Man's not doing anything, there's Spider-Man video games coming out.
1: Yep. Yep. Not, sadly, though, not really many good ones, well, but... Well,
0: no, but they're still... And, it, well, just like the movies, they still sell.
1: Yeah. So, out uh, of that $1.3 billion that Spider-Man made for Marvel, about... This is what's the kicker, too, James, is not really domestic because for only about 400 million of that came from the U S and Canada, but the rest is worldwide. Yeah. Think like, about how huge, I mean, Spider-Man has been huge
0: in, in Japan and uh, areas in the, in the Orient for a long time. And think about how well the amazing Spider-Man two recently did overseas. It did way better overseas than it did here in the States.
1: Yeah. And, I, and that's the thing is like, I think it's cause honestly, Spider-Man, I think, is literally one of the most recognizable characters, if not the most recognizable character in comics. Because, well, and I'll say this, why? I think it comes down to the suit. And you see the yeah. face, and you say, that's Spider-Man. You know, it's like, you see, like with DC, it's like you see Batman's face as Batman. Superman's kind of maybe different. But you see that Spider-Man mask,
0: you know... That's Spider-Man. Right. Now, we know that the S on Superman suit is the most recognizable symbol, symbol right. in the world. But as far as suit goes, I agree. I think it's Spider-Man.
1: Because you think about it, you, we go to the cons. We were at Tyler Comic-Con last month. What we see? We saw Spider-Man. It's, you know, it's the thing. It's, it's, it's also you know, it's one of the hottest Halloween costumes that sells. Oh, no doubt. Know? And it's, that's the thing. It is, you look at it. And you see like, all these Spider-Man products that are coming off the off the shelves, with the kind of the trouble that Sony's been going through and the backlash with the new Spider-Man movies. Still, you got to think about this too. X-Men was really the start off point for Marvel movies, correct?
0: I would say so. If if not. The, if not the Spider-Man movies, I think is what really kick-started it for the Marvel movies.
1: Well, no, because X-Men came out, I believe, in the late 90s or early 2000s. It right, came that, out before. The Spider-Man came out in 2001. Yeah, I that's think.
0: where it's that's where it started, but I think that it really hit the ground running when but Spar- the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man
1: movie. But Spider-Man, I think, was really the biggest... And I think it look at like this, too. You look at the villains that Spider-Man has. That's what helped the movies out a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And compared to other properties, you know, Green Goblin, Hobgoblin... Carnage venom, you know, whatever, Doc Ock. You know, that's the thing is you have that mythos that that's been in there so long. Right. You know, and again, and here's you. I know why I think Spider-Man's so popular. He saved Marvel. Like,
0: yeah, Stanley, really if you do. watch,
1: if you watch the there's a lot of uh PBS did uh the history of comic books and Stanley talked about how Marvel wasn't really doing well and it was this low point. And He's like, I put everything I had into Spider-Man. If Spider-Man didn't do good, it would have folded. We probably would have folded. Yeah, they actually
0: mentioned that in the, in the special that they had a couple of weeks ago on election night for, uh, for Marvel that uh, was in place of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They mentioned that very story about how Spider-Man basically saved the Marvel Universe, which I thought was funny because they were ta- it was a, basically a show on the Disney property of Spider-Man. I mean, excuse me, of Marvel, but they mentioned that very thing. Right. Which I thought was interesting. Now, before we move on to our next story, I think one of this, what this should tell us more than anything else is this should be a big heads-up to why would Sony ever relinquish the rights to Spider-Man, given this knowledge, to Disney? This is another reason why I just don't think it's going to happen.
1: Right. And the thing is, even though the Spider-Man movies aren't making... Money. I mean, they're making the money back. They're not making what they should. They're no. still
0: making money. They're just not making what they should.
1: No, but again, it's it Spider-Man's license to print money. So unless Marvel said, "Hey, we're gonna come and pay you guys this much amount of money," we'll pay you a, like twenty billion gazillion dollars for the Spider-Man. Sony won't relinquish the rights. Here's and the thing:
0: it, Would twenty billion even be enough? Uh, ah, yeah, that's man. crazy. That's crazy to even say. But would that really even be enough? I don't, know. I don't think it would. <laughs> it's crazy to say that, but I really don't think that would be enough.
1: Right. I I, I don't know. I mean, it's insane. I just, I don't know how much you would put a price on Spider on, Spider- on. I mean, The article didn't say how much his net worth is, but it's 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 in the billions, no doubt. Like, oh so if no question. He, about it. If Marvel's if Marvel alone sold one point three billion on Spider Man World. You know, products and then the, the Spider Man movie, the Made Spider Man 2, I believe made a billion worldwide, so about 2.3 billion altogether. Yeah, I think 20 billion, I think it's more than enough. I think it's generous. Um, but it's going to be, I think if they were to actually get the rights back, i say, because think about it, if it makes a billion, if each movie made a billion dollars worldwide. Oh, and you want to say okay, we're well, a 10 year span, you gotta, I think, at least be the starting point would be 10 billion dollars if they and were to get the rights back.
0: And that's just movies,
1: that's just for we're movies. We're not talking
0: about anything else, that's just movies. So, wrap your head around that for a second.
1: So, speaking of studios and you know how much things are worth, and just toys in general, and speaking of DC. So Arkham City, James, you and I, we've played the hell out of it. We've mm. beaten it multiple times. Can't wait for Arkham Knight to come out. I'm actually waiting to buy a PS4 just to see if they do an Arkham Knight Special Edition oh, yeah. PS4.
0: I, that, is the, that is a very good reason to wait because I'm doing the same exact thing.
1: So Rocksteady posted a teaser video showing an undiscovered Easter egg in Arkham City which has gone unnoticed for three years. And it features a calendar man. By the way, the account name for it? that's why people were kind of skeptical at first, they wanted to know, like, who did it, is under J.G. Jor, which stands for Julian Gregory Day. Mm-hmm. And some fans thought that the avatar on it, which was July 17th, was part of the Easter egg, but it wasn't. So, you wonder, how can I trigger this Easter egg? Well, if you had to do some kind of in-console soul-searching, you had to go inside your PS3, like Magic School Bus style, and change the date to December 13th, 2004. And go visit the Calendar Man in Arkham City. Now, you want to know why December 2004? Well, that's when Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker, they actually founded Rocksteady, James. Right. And the message from the Calendar Man, it's nothing really special. It's more about the rise of Rocksteady and the Arkham games and how they were able to do it. I don't know. I
0: think there's, there's some that might think that this has something to do with teasing ahead.
1: Well, it does. To, this to was Arkham to. Knight, yeah. I was going to get to because he says the end of days is coming. And it's reference to Arkham Knight, and, and the end of the, the end, of, you know, it's about to end. So, and they said Arkham Knight's going to be the last game in the Arkham series, pretty much.
0: It's funny the way he said it, though. If you watch the, if you watch the teaser, if you've actually played it already, he said, "I was there at your beginning, and I will be there at your end." Does this mean that the Calendar Man is going to end up playing some sort of a role in the eventual outcome? of the Arkham Knight game, or is he going to have some special place, or is this just people reading too much into it?
1: I think this. I don't think Calendar man's going to have a significant role, but think about that, though. I was at your beginning, now I'm going to be at your end. Who in the Batman universe, now Joker's dead, and I hope, to God's sakes, Joker's dead. So who other than Joker was at Batman's beginning, but is going to be there as end? And I think that can lead to who the Arkham Knight is i am tell you right now, I think it's Joe Chill. <laughs> you, you never know. You know you who was there know. at the beginning
0: and who was there at the end, too, is Alfred. Could you imagine, though? Yeah, could you imagine if they pull that and it ends up being Alfred all along? That I ends up know. being at the it's, See, that that to me, it would it would be a wow, but at the same time, it would be like, that's messed up.
1: That is very messed that up. That is I, really messed up.
0: You never know, though, because there, he was there at the beginning. He was there at the end. There's not many that you could say that about.
1: Right. So, I mean, again, it's, it's a wonder... Who knows? Maybe it's James Gordon. We don't know.
0: Yeah, it, it could be. I mean, if you look at Batman Eternal, where Jason Bard it ended up being the the son of a bitch at uh, at some point in that series, where he he was never really a bad guy in any of the past mythos of Batman before, but in Batman Eternal, he was turned. So you just don't know where they're gonna go. And let's face it, this is Rocksteady's last hurrah. With the Arkham series, they're gonna want to go out with a bang. What better way to do that than to have one of the most shocking reveals in the history, maybe of video games ever, are right. like doing something crazy with this Batman game,
1: right? And again, like I said, I hope that, there, that there's no Joker in this. I really, I really hope that it doesn't. If honestly, if it gets to the point where they reveal who the Arkham Knight is in the game, you know what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and ends up being like Joker or whomever. You know, that's like Joker I'm gonna be very disappointed you I know think they're saying? smarter
0: I think they're smarter than that I, I, I really think so don't too think, I really don't think I think that they realize that you know they've done Joker twice it, now can you really go back well, to the world well at the end
1: well they said the reason why and if you watch the trailer the reason why you see like Penguin and everybody else working together is because Joker's dead and that's the reason why is because mm-hmm. Batman they, you know they presume killed Joker so it's like well shit we're gonna team up and go after him now mm-hmm. So, again, I don't know who it could be. Like, and the thing is, too, it's, it's been you know, two previous games. You kind of want to go through and think, like, who is there. You know who I think it is, though, dude? Yeah. I think it's Hush. I was there at be the beginning. I was, And remember, he had that cameo. He had that yep. Easter egg cameo where he changed his face to look like Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. So... I think I think it's him, dude.
0: And there and there's canon for that too for for him trying to be exactly like Bruce Wayne from the comics. If you if you go back to the origins of Hush and even before that, there there's canon for that. So it very well could be Hush. It could be could end up being Damien. For all we know, it can end up being Dick Grayson.
1: But he was Who there his, wasn't there as Batman's beginning though. That's the thing. Hush was. That's true. I think it's. I'm going on the limb. I'm saying Hush. If it's Hush, I would love that. And, and you know they're going to have some sort of DLC where you can play as the Ark of Night, too, probably. Mm,
0: more than likely. Well, they, they have, what, the Harley Quinn DLC? Yeah. That's already going to be part of that, too. So, I mean, we'll, see, we'll have to see how that goes.
1: Yeah. But, you know, that's going to do it for that story. But now, our third story, James, speaking of staying in the video game realm and kind of going into the video game TV realm, we love Sonic the Hedgehog, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, he is the guy, the mascot, that launched Sega, pretty much. Yep,
0: he was the Sony flagship kid, just like Mario was for Nintendo.
1: So, back in February, they released a new look for Sonic, and they put him for a show called Sonic Boom, which is a French-American CGI TV show, which was developed by both Sega and do Productions, and oh, God, they, they released some concept art that could have changed how he looked and everything else, even different from what he is now. And I'm just going to say this. We can have a, a classic character and keep his look f- the same for, and don't have to change it. You can do that. It's, it's perfectly fine. I mean, can you imagine if Mario and Nintendo said, you know what, let's make Mario thinner and shave his mustache and you know you wouldn't see that. You know. You wouldn't see that. The no. fact they did this with Sonic pisses me off to no point. They, I mean, they, they're give him pants. Like, they give yeah, him pants.
0: It's funny because um, I've been watching a lot of Cartoon Network at my house because my son is already starting to enjoy cartoons at three I, months. And
1: anything that's anything that's not Powerpuff Girls, he would Exactly, he like.
0: yeah. He will cry if he sees the Powerpuff Girls and I would too. But... Um, I like the Powerpuff Girls, sir. It's, it's funny because I've seen commercials for Sonic... They've got commercials with Sonic on them now. And I look at it and I'm like, "That's, it just doesn't look right to me now. And then I looked at the concept art that they were thinking about. My gosh, if they did any of that stuff, you haven't seen it yet. Go to Facebook.com slash Down and early and scroll back. You'll find the story. I think it was like Sunday. We Sunday. It. Go back and look at it because you will freak the hell out when you see what they... You think it's bad now to see what they might have done? Oh, yeah.
1: he, my God. He looked more like a badger. He didn't look like Sonic. He looked like a badger-porcupine mix. He, he, he looked kind of like, okay, picture Crash Bandicoot, but give him more like a quilly kind of a look.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's a good way to put it. I also thought, to me, it looked like, and I know that there's some people that like anime. I'm not one of those people. It looked like cheap Japanese anime. To me, of a yeah. Japanese anime version and, of Sonic. And Dr. Eggman, dude. They were going to make him a fucking kid. Yeah, like, what was that about? Like, and it like, was a you, steampunk look, too. Oh, I'm it was sorry. Really
1: weird. I'm sorry. Like Steampunk to a point I like, but not this. When you have Sonic and Eggman. I'm going to call him Dr. Robotnik because I'm not going to call him Eggman. I hate that name. When you have Sonic and Dr. Robotnik, those are the Mario and Bowser of the Sega Universe. Yeah. You don't change the look of the Mario and Bowser in your universe. Right. You don't change the look of Sonic and Dr. Robotnik. It's like, oh, we want to look for, for today's times, like today's youth. Fuck today's youth.
0: Yeah. And and, <laughs> Seriously. and I, mean, I mean, I know there's people to say that well that Bowser's look was changed a little bit over time, but not or, drastically like right, this. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. It wasn't a drastic change. It was modified for different you know, as the consoles Get better, you have to modify it slightly, and they did that with Mario too. But they always kept the classic staple looks. This was a friggin' left turn that they were thinking about doing with this, with those characters. And I just don't understand why. Why even do that? And even for today's youth, don't you want something that's recognizable? Don't you want something that you could say, well, son, if you well, like this, why don't you go back and check this out? It looks the same. If you go that, back, you could say, that's and, not Sonic.
1: And you mentioned, like, you want to be able to connect. We've talked about this multiple times as, since James' and son has been born. You want to find ways to connect with your child. Like, you know, why not say, hey... You know, and honestly people say, well, this is my you know, my iteration of one character, and now my son has his own iteration or my daughter has her own iteration of a character. What's wrong with having the same character that you both can be look at and grow up with, you know, and, and get older with, you know, like and yeah. share. Instead of having this whole battle where we are now, where it's like, yeah, these the first generations, so that's us, looking at this next generation sonic and be like, Oh, fuck that. Like, what the hell? If you had kept it, it'd be like, okay, I understand Sonic hasn't had a good game since Sonic Hedgehog 2 for Dreamcast, you know, but, you know, f- still, don't change the concept look. If, if it's not broke, don't fix it. No, and I think
0: that that happens way too much. Like, like I mean, really, did, did Sonic need pants? Did he need that little scarf that he's got on now? Did he need the little, the little you know, do you need to look like a UFC fighter and have to tape around oh, his You knuckles? just took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was gonna say. We Sonic, don't look, need Sonic that. looks
1: like Sonic looks like he's been taking part in an Australian Fight Club.
0: I mean, we don't need we don't need Anderson Silva version of Sonic the Hedgehog. We don't <laughs> need that just because certain th- you don't need to tie certain other things into this to make it. More pop. Oh well, he looks like a UFC fighter. That should draw more fans in. No, or why he looks, would it?
1: He looks more like a like a, an adventurer type, like a Nathan like a Nathan Drake kind of thing. It's like, so no. <laughs> so we have
0: a so we have a UFC uncharted pants wearing version of Sonic. Good for you.
1: Yes. Who who of course loves his little uh, Afghan he wears his little neckerchief that he look, wears around his neck. Yeah, I got that at the Lord and Taylor. Yeah. Oh Jesus, but yeah. our final. We're going to end on a positive note, James. Uh, and we're going go to the, back to comics. Now, Interstellar came out, I think it was last year, a couple weeks ago. Couple it's, weeks prim- ago yeah. it's, it's kicking ass, I believe, at the box office. And I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but Christopher Nolan, he's going to be writing the Interstellar comic. Which is
0: funny because that's not something he's done before. Christopher Nolan doesn't give a whole lot of... Of, of behind the scenes and extra features no. and stuff like that. It's just not what he does with the films, but he's decided to give a little bit of a backstory on Matt Damon's character from Interstellar in this comic, which you can actually go, you can get the full version, I think it is, at, at wired.com, but it'll actually be a seven-page version in Wired Magazine.
1: The November 25th, they're releasing um, his, the Chris Nolan guest-edited issue yes. of Wired yeah. Magazine. And as you mentioned, you know... He doesn't, this is not something he really does. Well, because his brother Jonathan does all the writing for the movies that Chris works on, that mm-hmm. Chris directs. So, I mean, as you said, it's it's taking place with Matt Damon's Doctor Man and his robot Kip, and it's going to follow kind of like their thing kind of thing. It's going to be, I think, like more of a prologue, I would say. I think so right, too. Yeah. It's
0: going to be more of like a companion, I think, than anything else.
1: Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, I'm interested in seeing it. I mean, I'm, I, mean I don't think I'm going to buy Wired just for it. No, but... I
0: don't think so either. I mean, I, I would go to Wired.com to read yeah. it. I mean, I, I wish I could go to, to Bob's at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards on Aragona Boulevard, Virginia Beach, and pick it up as a as a standalone comic, but I can't do that because, you know, they're not giving me that option. But no. I, I like that they're actually doing something, though, and this is out of Nolan's character that he felt like he needed to give us more, and maybe it was demanded that, uh, that you give us more on this certain character. So I like that he kind of said, you know what? Okay, I'll do this instead of being one of those typical filmmakers that sticks to their guns and says, you know what? This is how I do things. This is what's always worked for me. So that's what
1: I'm going to do. It's like asking Michael Bay to not blow shit up. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's kind of like asking him not to cast. <laughs> Making like-
0: Fox and everything.
1: Yeah, but it's for him as Anne Hathaway, <laughs> you know, best Oh, well, Yeah, for Christopher Nolan. Yeah, you're for right. Christopher Nolan. That's why I met. Um, yeah, but no, I, I mean, I can't. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'll probably do what you know most people do and just go to the website and look it up and read some of it, you know. But I mean, that I'm excited for it. Let's see how it goes. I kind of like. I want one thing. I want to get start get to into, into more comics as I've you know m- mentioned. I for this week I reviewed Aliens, Fire and Stone. And I want to get more into the sci-fi aspect. You know, I, I, I want to like kind of not deviate too much away from my superhero pull, but I kind of want to get more into the interstellar kind of
0: yeah, you want sci-fi a, stuff. You want now. a nice mix of both. That's kind of you know why I went over. to You know, I'm doing more of the the horror slash demon realm, where you know stuff like Outcast. I'm going to pick up Intersect by Ray Fox here uh, at some point this week and check that out because it just seems interesting. I think it's, there's nothing wrong with in your pulls having a good balance of superhero stuff and sci-fi stuff or or demon slash horror stuff, adventure stuff.
1: There's a lot out there. Yep, and that's going to do it for this week's edition of Nerd News. But coming up next, we talk about origin stories. What's our favorite? What ones do we not want to have in our own lives? And what makes them just so damn good? Or honestly, so damn tiresome. So stay tuned. Main topic coming up next: talk about origins on Down and Nerdy.
0: Well, just like Down and Nerdy, everybody's going to have their pilot episode. Their one point where everything has begun. So we decided to spotlight the moment that birth was given to these wonderful characters and talk about origin stories this week.
1: Yes. And so when you think about origins, James, do you like, okay, we're all born, you know, so we go through the birthing process. So if you had an origin story, what is the worst origin story that could possibly happen to you from the comics or just in general?
0: To me, I've always thought that one of the worst, and I don't know if anybody would be with me on this is teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. Think about it. You get thrown in the, you end up in the sewer. You end up in this gunk. You get radioactively transformed into a mutant turtle. Then you have to live in the sewer the rest of your life with a rat who trains you how to do karate, and you have to fight evildoers. But you can't ever come out from under the sewer because you got to keep your, your identities under wraps, kind of thing.
1: Right. Okay. So mine would be well, it would be any time you know my dad. There's more of this point, you know, it'd be like your mother and I one night, you am know, like, okay, okay, no, don't need to know. <laughs> yeah. That is one origin story that nobody ever needs I, I, No, no child needs to hear the origin story of how their parents decided to, you know what, let's, uh, whatever. Your existence, you know? your existence
0: is proof enough yeah. that that happened. We don't yeah. need to go into any Well, I think in
1: comics, I think in comics, like how could you not go with Batman? Like, think about it. Man. You're walking home. I knew you'd after say Batman, play. so I had to come up with another one. Like, like, think, like, you're walking home from a play with your parents, and you see some, and you're like, I, "Let's." Your dad's like, "Like, let's go through down an alley," and okay, and then just, they just seem to get shot right in front of you. Also, another one would be, it would be the Hulk. Like, dude, you can't control your anger. You get, a bomb blows up in your face, pretty much.
0: There's a lot of people that can't control their anger and have stuff blow up in their
1: face. <laughs> we call us people we call us people porn stars oh Oh. snap boom went there
0: (laughs) angry porn (laughs) i guess we know what your your collection consists no not at all (laughs) (laughs) so so you've got the soft gentle porn then (laughs) Uh,
1: okay everybody
0: let's relax let's begin speaking.
1: It's it's like it's like Bob Ross having sex pretty oh, much. Oh, let's
0: not think of that. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. We're going to paint
1: some we're going to we're going to paint some make some happy babies. Yeah. I, I thought this was supposed babies. to be an
0: origin episode, not a horror episode. <laughs> it oh, it, it is. Bob although Ross... although that is why the bushes are happy.
1: <laughs> Bob Ross made his children by dipping his dick in and, and painting his wife's vagina with the color orange, and boom, a child came out.
0: No, he did it by having a happy tree and a happy bird. <laughs>
1: a happy tree and a happy bird. And, and, don't, and, like...
0: and don't tell anybody that they're there either, by the way. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bob Ross. <laughs> I love your show. <laughs> May he rest in peace. <laughs> yes. Poor Bob Ross. Speaking of Bob Ross, I was actually in the store the other day. I found a Bob Ross paint kit. Yeah, those exist. Those they exist. exist. As they should, because my wife was always fascinated by
0: that show. Yeah. And, but one of the reasons she used to like watching it when we had, when we had gotten together is because she would watch it and I'd make fun of it. And she'd just laugh at the stuff that I would make fun of. Yeah. So that was a, that was a little, uh, and now you laugh moment. at your wife
1: every time your son comments on her because you're a horrible husband and you don't tell her the signs of when he's about to puke. Cause you know how, when he's going to do it That's anyway, right. back to origin stories. So hi kids. Um, so back to origins. So yeah, I think you look at comics, and it's like, okay, you know, you got some cool ones, kind of like the you know, like the Fantastic Four cosmic thing. Yeah, that's up. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, then you have, you know, your typical like, where am I from? You're Superman. Where am I from? Kind of, you know, the discovery thing.
0: The, or the the Spider-Man thing. You get hit yeah. by something, sort of thing, or struck by lightning. The Flash. You know, we get yep. that kind
1: of thing. But I think one of the best ones, though, I think, in in comics, is the chosen aspect. It's the Green Lantern. I think that's actually one of the best, not the best, of Origins. Because it's like, you have that inner struggle of, like, do I want this? Should I do this? You know, kind of a thing. And, you know, we see Hal become a Yellow Lantern at some Mm -hmm. point. You know? And it's kind of like, you get that, that, I think it's more of a struggle. You know, I think when something's kind of thrust upon you like that, and it's like you're a chosen one... I think it's kind of like... I mean, you have the typical, like, I don't want this, or whatever like that, and they end up, you know, wanting it. And it's like... It's kind of like in life, when we're given something, it's like, we don't want this, you know, or whatever. And it's like, then again, it's like, well, we kind of do, you know?
0: I would give the same argument, because I was thinking one of my... One of, one of the best origin stories, I think, is Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Because it's very similar. I mean, think about it. those Those original... The original trilogy is just a long origin story... For Luke Skywalker with other storylines interspersed in it. And, and it gets to the point where first, you know, he wants to, wants to be a part of the, of, of, the rebel alliance. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's not sure he wants to follow in his father's footsteps, you know, before he finds out who his father is and, and become a Jedi and stuff like that. He's not sure that he wants to do that anymore. And he's not sure he can yeah. do that, especially, you know, Empire Strikes Back is a perfect example of that but i mean it's just the way it evolves and what it becomes in return of the jedi i think it's one of the best origin stories ever
1: yeah i mean you know like i said there's you know when you look at origins it's like you know there are some where it's kind of like really like okay i guess you're gonna go this route like you know but i mean you know it's it's certain ones though it's kind of like it's it's interesting. I think like once we don't like like Black Pant like much like like Black Panther or mm-hmm. but you know if we want to talk Marvel like honestly one of the most I'm not saying it's because they're doing the movie but one of the most interesting origins is Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, and talk about brutal. If you don't know oh, the God, origin yeah. for Doctor Strange, it's
0: probably one of the most brutal origins. In Marvel, I'm not going to go all across comics, but just if we're sticking in Marvel, I would say that that is one of the most brutal origins of if you of all don't
1: know that. what it is, you have Dr. Stephen Strange, who's a surgeon, and he's very Tony Stark-esque. He's very, you know, not so humble. He's the greatest kind of thing. Or at least he was. <laughs> well, he was. Then he gets into a fucking huge-ass car accident. Mm-hmm. And his hands are just ruined. And he's tried, like, every way to fix his hand and, and everything else. And it's just, you know, and, and he ends up, you know, finding this guy. You know, it's like a lash resort. Like, you know, this magic. Can you do it? And he ends up being taught, you know, the, the dark arts yep, and, and, sorcery. And, and, and sorcery. You know, so, it, it, you know, that's the thing. You look at this and it's like, yeah, it's kind of insane. You know, you look, you know, all these different types of origins. So, I mean. What are some of the more I don't know lighthearted origins you, you could think of in comics?
0: Well, I mean it's, it's hard because there's so many dark origins. Yeah. like I mean even look at look at Dick Grayson, Robin's origin where his family gets again gets murdered in front of him by dropping off of a trapeze for God's sakes. So as far as light-hearted origins go, there, there really aren't many. I mean you, you really have to rack your brain. To come up with a nice light-hearted origin story.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, when you look at that, though... I mean, though, Cap-
0: Captain America, would you call that light-hearted? Not really. <sighs>
1: not really. It's about a guy, I mean... It's, it's not really lighthearted because it's like... I mean, it's about a guy who's willing to sacrifice, make sacrifice for his country. But in the end, it's like, you know, like, once this happens, he just can't... Keep, like, he, you just know, once this happens, he's in the army forever. Yeah, and like, think
0: about it. It's, it's Wolverine, Deadpool. It's experimentation basically that led to their origins. If you think about it. That's yeah. Steve Steve Rogers, that was all experimentation. They didn't know how that was going to work out. They were knowing how they hoped it was going to work out, but they didn't know that's how it was going to work out. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: just I, I think that when you look at it though, I mean, I wonder what certain writers think, like when they want to do an origin. Like, you know, you know, it's easy to say, Spider-Man's this guy who swings and has the powers of spider, but how does he get it? You know? Or Hey, how does this guy become Batman? Well, his parents die, and he kind of goes like on his crusade of wanting to figure out who killed him, as we're seeing in Gotham. You know, it's, it's I don't know, it's always, always different, you know, when you see something like Because you kind of want, like, okay, you, you know, how can they go with this route? How can they find new ways to introduce, not just new characters, but just kind of maybe find like their own origin you know what i'm saying
0: well it's in, in a weird twisted way it's hard to create an origin story that doesn't come from some sort of tragic event right when it comes to when it comes to say uh, superheroes especially and and villains too don't forget villains have origin stories as well i mean yeah. we're seeing i mean gotham is a perfect example if we're seeing penguin's long slow origin story look how it started already yeah, I mean it was it was not a good start for him for sure. Now he's gotten lucky along the way a few times, and that's and that's part of it. But it's hard to have one that's. I mean, no, but one of the origin stories I guess I could think of that's maybe somewhat lighthearted, Han Solo, maybe, mm,
1: maybe. But is, is there really much known about
0: his origin? Well, not a whole lot, but I, I mean, I guess from from him meeting the Skywalker's on and becoming this. I guess soldier for the rebel Alliance in that, in that respect. I mean the whole frozen and carbonite thing, I guess, isn't very lighthearted, but <sighs> I guess, I guess the circumstances under which he meets them, you know, they kind of need a ride. Yeah. And he's a known smuggler kind of thing, but I would like to know, and maybe that's why they're thinking about doing that prequel movie. I would kind of like to know how did he become a smuggler? And, and maybe there's literature about this. And pardon me if I'm ignorant about it because I don't I don't have a whole lot of backlog of Star Wars literature per se. Right. So I, I'd like to know what what is his true origin and how did he end up becoming a smuggler and how did he get into why how did he become such a great pilot. Right, but, but, but maybe that's as close to lighthearted as it gets for origin stories. I, don't I know. mean,
1: I think with smuggle, him becoming a smuggler, I think though you kind of fall into a pitfall of that, where it's like it's gonna be your tip, it's gonna be your typical. Maybe he wasn't making enough, so he decided to turn to a life of smuggling and everything else. You know, is you know, but it'd be interesting to see how he met Chewbacca along the way. You know, that'd be, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, interesting. That'd be interesting. I'd be more, honestly, I'd be more, when it comes to his origin, I'd be more interested in the partnerships he created along the way in his life than his actual origin in and of itself.
0: and I think that that would be the origin story though and I think that that's where it starts with him hooking up with Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker too. That's a connection that he made that's part of his origin story in becoming a soldier, basically. Somebody who was a reluctant soldier didn't want the, again, Here we are back to the I don't know if I want this or not, and then he decides that he wants to be part of the greater good.
1: Right. I mean, yeah. But now now another origin you can look at is Doctor Who because his origin James is so sad. It's Mm -hmm. like he's the last of his kind. Like he's Mm -hmm. the last, and he's pretty much his entire life is just now dedicated to time traveling and making sure and fixing things in the past, and 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 making sure things go right. It's like it's kind of like. You're born to, you know, it's like being born like, a, like an ant, like you're a worker ant. And that's all you're doing your entire life, just working and working and working. You're never really able to enjoy life. And it's like, you know, there are times there's happiness and everything in the show, but it's like those times are short-lived. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, we're in another time, you know, let's just, you know, whatever, because it's, like, there's times, like, we are home in, in London and it's, like, they think everything's all nice and we can just relax and everything. And it's, like, all of a sudden the Celine the show up. It's, like, oh, shit. You know, and it, it's, it, it, it's just a hard time. And, plus, it's, like, you know, you regenerate. And that's the thing, too, is as you get older, I mean, as you get older, you can kind of – get an idea of what you're going to look like when you're, when you, you know, as you mature, mm-hmm. but and the doctor's point of case in view, he doesn't understand like, like in a new one, he doesn't understand like, like why am I so old and everything? Else, you know? And he's like, he, you know, it's, it's the first time where he's not really the good looking guy per right. se, you right. know? And it's kind of like, so, I mean, it's kind of, it's different. So it's like, Oh my God. And I think this is supposed to be his last with, with Capaldi. It's supposed to be his last uh, time regenerating, I think too. Um, but, uh, no, it's just you look at that that origin, just origins in general. It's like, yeah, they're all sad. like they' it's all so sort of sad. even look at my own life. Like I was born one arm, and that's just like you look at my origin just being teased and everything else. And even with nerds, in general, the origin yeah. story with I mean, nerds. we it's, all have it's our sad.
0: own we ha- all have our own origin in which we were tortured. Yeah, we were younger, so we can definitely all relate to that. But I mean, and and you know, to to an, to an, a larger extent, think about it. I mean, think about the the news broadcasts in general. There's a lot of negativity there, and you know, I've I've always been one of those people that says, "Hey, if you're going to give me two hours of of news, you need to make a half hour of it happy." I've always said that. Let's make, let you got to be able to find a half hour of happy news before we can get back to the bad stuff. But yeah. here's the thing, and this is kind of twisted, but let's really think about this would people even be interested or drawn to an origin story that was born of happy circumstances?
1: Whew. Is it interesting enough? It can be if you make it interesting enough, but the thing is how though? Like, I I mean, without somebody dying, you know, or whatever, or, you know, I mean, you could be kind of like, well, I mean, I was going to say Arrow, but then again, Arrow was born under horrible circumstances, too. Yeah,
0: you ended up, cra- you ended up stranded on an island forever, not knowing if you are ever going to get out. And by the way, your father is supposedly dead. Yeah. died with you. And by the way, one of the loves of your life might have died with you as well. So there's part of that thing going on. And
1: Yep. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, so let's say when you see something, it's like, you know, you could probably have like a, like uh for example, maybe kick ass, you know, kind of a thing, you know? I mean, but then again, he gets hit by a fucking car. Yep. Like, and, it's, and he's got metal all over his body, so it's kind of like, okay, it's one thing. So it's like, you know, it, it could be kind of like, I don't know, you're just decide, hey, I want to be, I want to be a crime fighter one day. I don't know, that'd be too, you know, yeah. And there's and there's some of that that you actually get,
0: but it's usually.
1: I think without the chosen aspect, I think like I said, without that Green Lantern, you've been chosen aspect to it. It's gonna be very bland if it's a positive thing, though. And
0: the thing about that is, even in the Green Lantern origin, in order for somebody to get a ring, somebody has to He's die. You've got to die. I mean, they yeah. don't just—they don't just make a new ring on Oa and say, "Okay, we need another one of you guys. Go find somebody." No, it, somebody has to die in order for that to happen. Yep. I mean, think about it. Even in Luke Skywalker's origin, his aunt and uncle die, and yeah. that's how
1: it all starts. Harry you know. Potter, his origin, his parents fucking die, like. You know, I don't know if it was with killing parents. You know, maybe you know, I don't know if uh, the Mendez boys were 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 comic book writers at one point, but apparently everybody's origins nowadays is their parents are dead. It's I, like
0: uh, I don't know what the deal is with that, but I mean, it's it's, it's really weird. And, and some of them aren't as bad as all that. I mean, go back to say uh, Alias. Um, yeah. she, she gets recruited by what she thinks is a secret government agency. It turns out it's, it's a bad guy agency and her yep. father has been lying to her this entire time. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not always, Hey, your parents are dead. Maybe it's just your parents are assholes or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know at what point when, I mean, maybe there's mommy issues or daddy issues there. I don't know, but I mean, it's always got something to do and maybe it's not always the parents. Sometimes it's, you know, just family in general, right? But, I mean, I, I've, I've the whole time we've been sitting here talking, I, I keep thinking, okay, a happy
1: origin's going to come to me, or at least something that's, that could yeah. be seen as happy. I got nothing. I got nothing, man. Uh, Captain Planet, maybe? Well, no, because the planet's kind of got pollution, so, I mean, it's sad. It's right, dying. Exactly.
0: I mean, and, is, there, is there a G.I. Joe origin that we're missing that maybe is happy? No, because
1: there's probably, no, because there's probably some sort of act of terrorism that happens that forces the Joes uh, to be put together.
0: Exactly, and, and we're going to get the origins of S.H.I.E.L.D., with Agent Carter, we know those. Aren't because great of Hitler, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's like Hitler happened. <laughs> you know, it's like it's so like where 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 do you want to go with this? I mean, I don't really, know. I mean, you really can't find one. You want the one, you, like The wonder? Did the Wonder Twins have a good, a happy origin? I don't know.
0: I don't know because now they've got to be around each other all the time, and that, I'm sure that could be taxing.
1: That's very clingy, especially being a being a, a, a brother and sister, and it's like. Scooby-Doo, maybe, had a good origin story? I don't know. Yeah, but now they're constantly
0: on the road solving mysteries and getting that shit scared out of them all the time. So maybe but they're that's having, not so
1: happy. But still, like, you know, it's you're, they're going on adventures still. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you've seen the Mystery Machine, you can live in that goddamn thing. Hey,
0: one man's adventure is another man's need for hospitalization, though. I mean, you get freaked out enough, and you got you know you got to get checked into Arkham.
1: Yeah, but I think that Shaggy and the gang have enough weed to last themselves an eternity.
0: That is a possibility. That Yeah, we can't we can't rule that out entirely. You
1: know, and you think about, like, when, did, did Winnie the, going back to more childhood stuff, did Charlie Brown have a good origin story? I don't
0: really know. I don't think, I don't think Charlie Brown's had a good time of it ever.
1: No, he's he's never been able to kick that football. He gets
0: rocks at Halloween. Can't kick a friggin' football. I mean, it's just not cool for him.
1: You can't put on a good Christmas play because you know, and he picks a horrible Christmas tree <laughs> the and
0: wrong tree. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, and, and and Linus steals the show in the entire in that Christmas episode. And uh,
0: although I will uh, say that that Dennis the Menace always looked like he was having a pretty good time
1: at the expense of other people, though. That's the but thing. But you know like, what?
0: You know what? absentee parents. Why do you think he was over at Mr. Wilson's house all the damn time?
1: Yeah. (laughs) His parents run around. Well, they probably were. They're probably just, you know, getting high. Well, they knew it was a brat. They wanted to be somewhere else. Well, no, they're probably like, Hey honey, we have this (laughs) undercover meth lab in the basement. Dennis can't be around here anymore in case it blows up, but we're making meth. So let's step over to Mr. Wilson's and see, have him, you know, run the show over there.
0: This is not, this is Dennis the menace, not breaking menace. (laughs)
1: <laughs> or or does the meth or something like that
0: yeah, it's, it's I, I don't know it's just i keep waiting for that happy origin to jump out at me and it's not
1: care bears
0: well, i mean they look kind of happy but i mean then well then there's what rainbow bright yep she looks pretty she looks pretty happy all the yep. time strawberry shortcake maybe do we what have to get do we have to go the ultra girly route to, to get a good origin
1: story? Uh, Smurfs?
0: No, because they're constantly terrorized by Gargamel. Think about <laughs> it. I, I've noticed this more as an adult now. Having to... Because, you know, again, I leave it on Cartoon Network. Well,
1: well, I would say, no. If you're Papa Smurf, you had a great origin story. Because that means you got with Smurfette. You were the first one.
0: That's a possibility. But think about it. The opening sequence for the Smurfs cartoon. It's happy for five seconds. I know. And then it's just... Before shit. they get... There's... There's lightning and dams breaking and smurfs running everywhere in terror
1: and i'm like what the hell kind of an opening is this for? wait a kid's i got show? one i got i have a happy origin story I even though hell oh uh, damn it. it's not really because it i was gonna say power rangers but nope because nope, uh Reaper repulsed wants to go over the world wait a minute wait a
0: minute what richie rich
1: uh his parents got rich at the hands of the 98 percent or 99 percent.
0: hey he's happy
1: <laughs> the kid does have a McDonald's in his house, so I will s- so uh he's he's happy. Yeah, but being born into wealth that ain't fucking a good or like that, like we're talking of like like outside. I didn't say of- it was good, I said it was happy for him. Still, like it's not really an origin story though. Like he was just born, you know? Well, Bruce was, Wayne was Bruce Wayne was born of a Batman. He would have been Batman if his parents were alive. This is true,
0: but it's still hey I was born into wealth. This is what I, I mean, think
1: about it, Willy Wonka, that wasn't a good origin story either. No, it wasn't. It was a horrible movie, by the way, was, I was going to kick you in the teeth for bringing up that movie.
0: Well, I wasn't talking about the the Johnny Depp version.
1: But the other one was a fucking origin story, though. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was an origin story, not Willy Wonka. You get it right, asswipe. Hey, I wasn't talking about the
0: fucking Johnny Depp movie, because it sucked. I was talking about Charlie getting a friggin' chocolate factory.
1: But <laughs> he starts off poor though. I mean, that's the thing. That's true. You're poor. and Your grandfather can't really walk and your mom yep. washes clothes for a living. Not the best origin story in the world. But he, in the end though, he, but that's the thing though, in the end though, he gets
0: well, chocolate mean, factory. Well, a lot of these sad origins ends up working out. And in, in the end, yeah, I mean, but we're not talking about the end. We're talking about the beginning. That's why it's origins.
1: We're talking uh, about the beginning. Austin Powers never had a good origin story because his father was an absentee father. Yeah, see, there, there just isn't one. I'm actually, like, going to... Try, I'm literally popping open my DVD drawer right now and trying to, like, go through like, all my movies and think of, like...
0: Well, I know you got that shit Constantine movie in there, so you can rule that one out. <laughs> <the
1: way. laughs> yeah, I do have that in there. I'm going to give it to you for Christmas, by the way. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Scott Pilgrim, did he have a good origin story? No, because no. his, his girlfriend broke up with him and shit. Yeah. No. Oh God, who, dude?
0: There's there isn't one. Robin Hood didn't have a good origin story. Nope. Oh God, there's there's just not a
1: good one.
0: No, there isn't. I mean, we're 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 spending uh, we're spending more time trying to think of one that's not. A- you know what? Let's just put the challenge up to the people.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: You tell us, facebookcom slash nerdy You find us a good. Or A happy origin story. Good is subjective. We think that a lot of these origin stories are good. Batman's a good origin story. It's just a sad one. Yeah. It's a good origin story. We're talking about happy, something that was born of happy events, and this is how they became the superhero or or just hero that they are. Find us a happy origin story. What have we missed here?
1: Yeah, and we got to give them an a, 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 an initiative to do it. So the winner who does this, who who... Who comes up with a happy origin story? Put us on our Facebook, facebookcom Nerdy. The winner will get, uh, if you are a local person, the next local event we go to, or the next live show. Actually, not only will we have you on it, free we'll comic, give, we'll give you a free comic. All right, let's do that. We'll do we, that. We can
0: do. Then we could do free comic. Now and, and we do have a live event coming up, by the way, which we can talk about not now, but nope. you know, sometime, sometime probably closer to the, to Christmas, we'll be able to let you know yep. what's going on there. But. Yep. I'm I, I, and it has to. It can't be something you made up. It can't just be shit you no, made up. It has no, to actually gonna,
1: exist. Because remember, we have Cody. and Cody knows everything about and you know everything.
0: We, and, and we know we know we know quite a bit ourselves. And we can do the same research that you're doing. So and, and we will not we will not pre research any of this stuff. Okay, we'll so just let it happen.
1: So we're throwing out the gauntlet again for people for just trying to figure this out again. If this only applies to local. Listeners, I'm sorry. So if you live in the Virginia area, you know. Hey, unless you want to travel to our next live event, then we'd be more than happy to give you a free comic. Yeah. So, again, go to our Facebook page, chaser.com down Donnerdy. Post your happy origin that has to be from a comic book or a TV show. Or, or a movie. movie. Or a movie. It, it
0: has to it be nerd-related. Nerd yes.
1: It has to be nerd and geek-related. Post it. The winner gets airtime on our next show. Autograph, picture, and a free comic.
0: There you go. That's That should be incentive enough right there.
1: There you go. And speaking of that, James, that's going to do it for episode 37 of Down and Nerdy.
0: Yeah, I and mean, of course, uh, we mentioned Facebook.com slash Down and Nerdy. We're also on Twitter at DownandNerdy757. I'm at James Ace with him. Nick, if you could try to do it right this time.
1: <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. I believe in myself. I'm at Merck with one arm. Yay. Fuck yeah. You get a free comic. <laughs> I get a free comic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So I'm at Merc with one arm on Twitter. It's email us your questions, DonNerdyPodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out Fancy Escape Comics and Cards on Aragorn Boulevard near Town Center. And check out our boy Bob. He's got a hell of a selection, not just of comics, though, James, of toys as well. Uh, the figures a- and the statues. Yes.
0: Are amazing. I could spend an entire fortune in there. And, and you, could, you could see it actually is a tour of the store at fantasy
1: Yes. And if you also go in there and you don't see a book that you want, you can just go to Bob and say, Hey Bob, I want this book and he'll order it for you.
0: Yep. He'll get it for you. There's no question about that.
1: That's what we do with me. For example, I our boy Drew Moss. He did the crow pestilence. I got the first issue, but I didn't see I click get my hand on the second or fourth issue. Just the fourth issue. And I said, Bob, I want the rest of the run. He goes, okay, even though even though already all of them came out, he still got them for me. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what your local shop, and that's what fancy escape comics and cards can do for you. For James, I'm Nick, and as always, I leave with the kindest words ever and the smartest words ever if you're a comic book fan, which, of course, you are because this is a show. Always practice their comic book reading. Always bag and board your comics.